So you've heard me say so many times, I've said it before, I'll say it again, homeownership is the foundation for building wealth. Yes, even in an inflationary economy. Uh, we have been talking about what it's going to take to get to the next level. Uh, I have been sharing um, basically what we've all known, uh, and, and that is since World War II and, and even before, but specifically after World War II and after uh, you know the onset of Jim Crow and uh, many other systematic uh, biases that were put in place, African-Americans had been, have been, and continue to be uh, denied access to home ownership. Right now, African-American home ownership is at about 44% compared to the home ownership of white Americans, and that's somewhere around 75%. We know that the average net worth or the median net worth of an African-American household is about $10,000, while the median net worth of a white uh, family is over $100,000. Um, and I want to just interject there for my brown brothers and sisters, Hispanics, uh, the median net worth is somewhere around $20,000. So on the scale, uh, when you look at net worth, um, African-Americans fall far behind and we are uh, not even beginning to tip the scale in terms of home ownership. So yes, home ownership is the foundation for building wealth while interest rates have skyrocketed, and, and really they have not skyrocketed, 6% um, isn't bad compared to 9 and 10% uh, is what they were when I came into the mortgage industry uh, over 23 years ago. And from what I understand, they were even higher than that. They were 15 and 16%. What are y'all going to do when interest rates get 15 to 16%? Let me tell you what you're going to do. You're going to keep buying real estate because homeownership is still the foundation for building wealth. And what it requires now is that we have a strategy. Here to talk about um, home ownership and what to do in an, in an inflationary economy is my sister, your icon, our legend, my friend, MC Light. Welcome to the Roundtable, MC Light. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be with you. And yes. Topic. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. Um, I have been asked to speak on various platforms um, because people are in a panic. Um, gas costs $1,000 a gallon. <laughs> um, but I keep telling people, go get your money back. If you have a home-based business, every time you get in that car and you drive that car for business, you can now track that mileage. And when it's time to do your taxes, you're either going to take the mileage deduction or you're going to take the expense deduction. And I would imagine right now is a time to go on and take that expense deduction. Um, and for everybody who's buying a new car, make sure you are buying it with the right intentions. And if you do have a home-based business and you know you have to move around, then uh, go on and lease the car in the business name, make the entire thing a tax write-off, and, and go from there. So there are ways to manage during an inflationary economy. And although we're talking about home ownership light, I just wanted to share that example because the truth is we are not in shackles. We are not in bondage. We can make choices and we can be free. So home ownership, 
Um, that's the, the one consistent, you know, the stock market is up and down. We don't know what's going on with it. Although I still suggest dollar cost averaging and continuing to put your money in the stock market or your mutual fund or your ETF or whatever um, a method you have chosen to, to invest for long-term purposes. But for today, keeping your eyes on the prize is important and home ownership is a part of that prize. And like ever since you've been in uh, the public, you know, basically space, you've understood the importance of home ownership. How do you think uh, this is working in your life and in the lives of, of just the general public right now today, given all that's going on? Well, you know, what you just said in terms of, <laughs> you were joking though, $1,000 a gallon for gas, you know, it's so easy for us to you know, get bogged down in what it is that we need to do on the on the daily, just every day, trying to function within our means, but also being taxed to the limit on every item. Like inflation is just outrageous right now. Even in the midst of all of that, you could still have a goal to buy a home. And, you know, we, I talk a lot about those first time home buyers, but then there are those who who had a home and lost their home who are really gun shy about owning anything, which now we need to help them work up the uh, the courage and the stamina for for what is next. And I love what it is that you do as, as it relates to the home ownership um, and home buyers club because sometimes you need a support team. Well, not sometimes, all the time. You need a support team to tell you the things that you don't know and to make you aware of all of the ins and outs. Because really, in buying a home and getting a mortgage, you have to play their game. And you have to know the rules to their game. And you have to know the obstacles and, uh, before they come. You yes. You have to know the whole course. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I tell my students and everybody all the time, and we've been talking about the obstacles. You have to know them before they come, because if an obstacle is presented to you in the home buying process or in the mortgage approval process, in many cases, it's too uh, late to change. Okay, it's too late to change. So, so one of those uh, obstacles that could confront you is lack of uh, income, your self-employment income. And if you've got a W-2, you don't need to use your self-employment income, so you don't need to send a tax return. Sending a tax return that's showing a loss on your self-employment income when you already have a W-2 could be a red flag. The underwriter could now start taking your loss and subtracting it from your income. So you got to learn the rules of the game. And I always say you must play the game by the rules. The harvest is here. The time is now. KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. Welcome forward now. This is the Millionaire's Roundtable here on KBLA Talk 1580. And this is Lynn Richardson. And we are creating millionaires one family at a time, one day at a time, one dollar at a time, and one dime at a time. And that means you. So we're dealing with the myths of uh, home ownership in an e inflationary economy. I'm going to talk about the myths of a whole lot of things because... Uh, the fact that everything has gone up has sent people into a frenzy 
And the truth of the matter is you don't have to be in a frenzy. The truth of the matter is this. This is the opportunity to buckle down. And this is the opportunity to devise a strategy. Um, I, I talk often about putting a plan together. And now is the time to put a plan together. And we know that the Bible says that plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. And I know we've been talking about uh, the journey and, and African-American wealth and every single thing that we've ever done um, to break through uh, from having uh, you know, Black History Month uh, be an official uh, or, or, or a season that gets recognized to Martin Luther King Day to Juneteenth. And, and yes, we've made some breakthroughs and some advances, but the one breakthrough that we have not mastered, it is the art of collaboration. And in this process, during this time, during this season and beyond, it is important for us to collaborate, to unify. It is important for us to get together with other family members, other friends, and start to sit down and talk about what we are going to do and how we are going to get there together. Light, I know this is something that you and I talk about quite a bit. And when we're around certain groups of people, actually everybody that we spend time with, we are always uh, talking about ways to build wealth or sharing knowledge, um, sharing experiences, sharing uh, failures, losses, wins, um, so that everyone else in our collective, in our group, in our family, in our community can either learn from the mistakes and or benefit from the wins. I, I'm not understanding why we are afraid to do that as a, as a people on a one-on-one -on -one basis. I would believe that if I said, hey, everybody, you can come to MC Light's house uh, Sunday afternoon and we're going to cook and she's going to tell you how to build wealth. Everybody will be there. But if I call my cousins, my family and friends, nobody's coming because I don't think we really want to face what it is that we say we want to fix. What are your thoughts about that? Like, there's really no easy explanation for that. And I completely understand what you say. It's almost like a community. We want a community of folks to be able to, and, and that's everywhere. That's not just us and our community, but communities everywhere to be able to take advantage of information that they may want to share or may not have and be able to receive. And so, you know, for me, <clears throat> it's all about each one teach one. And I guess in a setting with many, you know, people can somewhat uh, hide. Um, I remember hearing a saying not so long ago where you can be intimate in a huge crowd of people, but it's very hard to be, you know, social on the other side of that. So if you're in a big crowd, it's easy to just, you know, to be. And if you're in a smaller crowd, it leaves more room for you to you know, possibly be called out on what it is that you don't know. But I don't think that's a bad thing. I think this is a, a time when people can speak up and gain more information that can be empowering to what it is that they're trying to accomplish. And home ownership, as you know, you can tell many people is it's not an easy it's not an easy thing. 
getting a mortgage has become, and from my understanding, was always difficult, but has become even more difficult uh, for those of color. And um, being able to have a strategy to address it all is imperative if you plan to win and, and walk away owning that home. You know, yeah, it, it has become more difficult because times are different. Uh, everything has, you know, gotten faster and bigger and social media and, you know, there are many more entrepreneurs. Um, but it's not as difficult with a plan. And the plan usually cannot be developed, <clears throat> excuse me, alone. And so, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, like, about if you're in a big group, you can kind of just be and get lost. If you're one-on-one, -on -one, you may be called out. I'm, even, I'm not even really speaking about, you know, getting everybody together and telling them what they're doing wrong. I'm talking about getting everybody together and those who are doing it right, sharing what they're doing right and how they did it. And then saying to those who are trying to get it right, hey, you need to try this. Hey, you need to check this out. I mean, the reason why I own a home in California is because somebody in our crew said, hey, get over here and see these homes. And if I was sticking to, you know, if I did what I'm going to say, and if my cousins are listening, because I, you know, I still got family and folk all around Chi-Town um, and L.A. too. Um, but, you know, and all over the, the country, as a matter of fact, um, I'm not speaking to anybody specifically. I'm probably talking a little bit to everybody. So don't say, well, Lynn got on the radio and started talking about me. What I'm saying is I will know what someone is going through and I will say to them, hey, you should come on out and take a look at this opportunity um, and it could help you. And what, what I am saying is that all too often um, we don't listen. Uh, it, it's just as simple as that. And, and for me, it's not so much about you thinking you know what's best for you, because if you knew what was best for you, you'd probably not be in the situation that you're in. I'm talking about um, learning something new that could work for you, learning something new that could benefit you. Um, I thought I knew what was best for me and I was not going to own in California because I did not agree with the high cost of real estate. However, when I was going to buy something in Chicago, I was going to buy something very close in price, but it was it had no comparison in terms of value. It had no comparison. There was no comparison in terms of resale value. So because I was open to hear something that could benefit me, um, you know, I made a very, very, uh, my husband and I made a good decision and we fell into a gold mine. Um, we bought our house during the top of the uh, second shutdown of the pandemic, January of 2021. Interest rates were low. People were giving away houses and um, we were able to win. So, so that's more of what I'm talking about, like us being able to lean in and listen to what others in our circle have to say and then doing something to uh, accomplish our own goals. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me, that makes all the sense in the world. I mean, why would you take advantage of information that's there 
that's there for you. I think lots of times we're in the presence of uh, enormous mentorship and we, we're not even aware of it. And, and you know what? So, that That is it right there. And so I'm going to step out on a limb here and I'm going to say the number one reason why black wealth is moving backwards instead of forwards. The number one reason, there are lots of reasons, racism, all that stuff, uh, uh, integration, disintegration, okay? Discrimination, elevation, and, and communication. But the number one reason is because we don't work together. But the harvest is here, the time is now. Let's talk about real estate, real estate, real estate. Hi, I'm financial expert Lynn Mitchison. You've seen me on Good Morning America, The Breakfast Club, and KBLA Talk. I'm so excited about sharing with you the Home Buyers Club. It's time for you to get the home of your dreams. No credit, no problem. Low credit, no problem. No down payment, no problem. I'm excited about you getting a piece of the American dream. Join the Home Buyers Club today. Who should you go to for financial advice? Author, TV personality, and celebrity financial coach, Lynn Richardson. Let's bring in financial expert, Lynn Richardson. To my girl, Lynn Richardson. Here we have Dr. Lynn Richardson. Good morning. Financial expert, Lynn Richardson. Lynn knows what's up. We're joined by financial expert, Lynn Richardson, author of Get Your Money Back, Tax Deductions You Never Knew About. Be at peace with the money that you have because everybody knows money cannot buy happiness. To learn more about Lynn Richardson's webinars, books, and online courses, please go to lynnrichardson.com. Yes, we're talking about the myths of homeownership and an inflationary economy. And the number one myth is that now is not the time to buy. That is the biggest myth ever. Here's the problem. I know that interest rates are increasing, have increased. We've just experienced the single largest interest rate interest rate hike since 1987, I believe it, it is. But again, even 6%, it seems high to those who are uh, accustomed to, and it's only been a short time that we've been accustomed to interest rates being 2 and 3%. It seems high in comparison to that, but it's low in comparison to 9 and 10%. So for that reason alone... It is a good idea to start your plan to buy today. You don't want to wait until they're 8% or 9% or 10%. There is no guarantee that rates are going back down to 2%. In the 20 plus years that I've been doing this, they've never been 2%. They never, they had not been 3%. So what you don't want to do is wait another 20 years thinking I need to wait until they go down. No, we've got to make some adjustments. But before we can make the adjustments, we've got to learn how to work together. So like I shared, you know, I said that the number one reason why we are still lagging behind as a community, I will say as the black community in, in particular, specifically, and then I would even carve out the segment within the black community where that holds the decisions for wealth. African-American women are making the decisions about uh, our wealth more than 80% of the time, whether we are married or not. And I know that to be true because early in my marriage, I was making all the decisions. They were bad ones, but I was making them. And, you know, all too often we want to take credit 
for what we do that's right. But we don't want to really look in the face or stare in the face or we don't want to face what we're doing that is not right. And so I believe that if we work together more, we'd be wealthier as a community and we move up the uh, ladder in terms of median uh, uh, wealth. And I don't I, we can't control income necessarily. But you know what? We can if we hire each other in our businesses. So so I think working together is the number one reason. What are your thoughts? I, I absolutely think uh, working together has a lot to do with how far, you know, further, how much further we could be in, uh, in the financial world. But I have to tell you this because I think the psyche and history plays a great part in this. And that is, it's a number of things. Okay, so I've always heard, even as a kid, from various adults, you know, that when you go to get someone black to do uh, a service or a job, it's, it doesn't meet the standard. Or, you know, like I'd rather hire someone else because dot, 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 when you hire a black person to do it, they either get there late, they either don't have all of the items. It's all of these um, fallacies that have been a part of our history and will play a part in our future if we cannot rewrite the story and make up our own minds and not listen to the tall tales that have been told throughout history that black people are lazy um that they're going to run away with the money or you know there's all sorts of things that i have heard throughout my life that are just plain out false that that's one thing the other thing is Whenever it is that we have united, we have been punished. Now, depending on what the uniting is happening for, but it feels like whether it's to fight for our freedom or it feels like on the total uh, other part of the spectrum. And, you know, being financially free is freedom as well. But now I'm going to talk about just what it took to build cities, uh, what it took to build uh, communities and having our own. When we've done it, we've been punished. Our cities have been burned. Our, you know, schools, our everything that we had spent years building had been burnt down to a crisp. And that was because people had come together. And the moment we come together and we make something look like something someone else wants to come and tear it down and so that can remain in the psyche it's like you know what instead of us all trying to work together let's work separately and maybe we can all get somewhere and not um look so attractive that we wind up under the gun and scrutiny of others that want to come and damage and destroy what we have you know that sounds plausible um, and from a, I guess, a global view, I think we could look back or even right now in the present, you know, you could just look back to yesterday as the past and say, you know, that could be a reason, but I don't think we fail to work together because we think somebody's going to tear it down. But you know what? 
The harvest is here and the time is now. We're going to keep exploring this. KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. Welcome forward now. This is the Millionaire's Roundtable here on KBLA Talk 1580. And this is Lynn Richardson. And we are creating millionaires one family at a time, one day at a time, one dollar at a time and one dime at a time. And that means you. Okay, so do you honestly think we fail to work together because uh, we are afraid they're going to come and get our stuff or, you know, penalize us in some way? Or do we fail to work together because we don't want anybody in our business? Come on now. <laughs> uh, well, the truth is it could be it could be either, depending on... See, what I think we sometimes forget is how much of our DNA plays a role in our decisions. And so, yes, I think you are correct in saying a lot of times it's because one may not want another in their business or not knowing what they don't know. And you know what? I can speak to this because in the music industry, we have people that come in really young, really green, don't know a lot about anything, yet they're with a camp of people and they've got to keep up this air that they're either being educated by the people that they're rolling with or that they they just know what it is that they're doing. And most times they don't. They're coming in at 16, 17, 18 years old, don't know anything about the music business. And sometimes they think they know something, but they don't. Um, or they've learned something the incorrect way, yet they're not open to sharing what it is that they don't know or do know because of, uh, you know, fear of being judged because you're in the business. You should know it. And I think lots of times that spills over, of course, into, you know, outside of the music industry, into just ordinary living that uh, people don't want you to know how ignorant they may be to a particular subject. You know, I think there's another element there. I think, I think primarily we don't work together because we don't want anybody in our business. And I'm going to say that both ways. Those of us who have succeeded don't want anybody in our business. And those of us who are failing don't want anybody in our business. So everybody has no business <laughs> because you don't want anybody in your business. And the truth is, you know, they say mind your own business. No, we need to be minding everybody's business, everybody else's business. That's how it was when I was growing up. You couldn't just go outside and do what you wanted to do. If your mother did not see you and get you, then the neighbor down the street would. And so... One, we, we don't want anybody in our business. And then two, and I think this is either equal or may even have more weight, we don't want to be accountable. So if we all get together, and I, and I am challenging every single person who is listening to this, if you are failing, reach out to somebody who's succeeding and sit down and have a conversation. If you are winning, reach out to somebody who's failing and sit down and have a conversation. You know, who, you know who's failing around you. You know uh, Keisha and Ray Ray and, and, and whoever else it is. 
and I and I'm saying those names and I'm not being disrespectful, but we do have cousins named Keisha and Ray Ray. Okay. <laughs> and, 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 and when I say that, you know that I'm talking about, and I, and I'm not putting anybody in any category because we have the first black mayor of Atlanta. Her name is Keisha. So I'm not saying that Keisha is associated with some lower level of existence, but you all know when I say Keisha and Ray Ray, you know that I'm talking about our people. Okay. And because we do have Keisha's and Ray Ray's who are making it, I want us to talk to us about what we need to do to help us. So you know who's struggling. You know, even if they're uh, fronting, um, that they got some stuff that they need to work out. You know the people in your house and your family who don't own a home. You, you know what? I'm putting myself out here now because everybody that doesn't have a house, my family, going to hear from me regularly un until they either block my number or, you know, whatever, until they buy a home. So I think that we have to work together. And I have said that, you know, well, the Bible says that plans fell for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. And in many cases, our advisors start with the people who we are looking at every single day, who are right in our faces, our family members. We rely on for, you know, a Thanksgiving dinner, but we will not rely on these same people to have a conversation about how to build wealth. And we need to stop it. The harvest is here. And yes, guess what? The time is now. Hi, I'm financial expert Lynn Richardson. You may have seen me on Good Morning America, The Steve Harvey Show, or Get Up Mornings with Erica Campbell. Guess what? Did you know you can get your money back if you hire your kids? You can get your money back if you go out to eat? You can get your money back if you go on a vacation? Well, guess what? In my book, Get Your Money Back, Tax Deductions You Never Know About, I'm going to teach you how you can get your money back with your home-based business legally, ethically, and all with the permission of the IRS. Just go to askglenn.org. So, yes, we're talking about the myths of uh, homeownership during an inflationary economy. Uh, as prices go up, everybody is going, uh, you know, berserk. You know, folks are trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, but the truth of the matter is like that when the cost of necessary things gets higher, we need to decrease our spending on unnecessary things. That's just what it is. It's almost like forced budgeting, forced discipline. And it's great if that comes internally, naturally to you. But if it doesn't, then the world will certainly teach you how to budget. Because, you know, I don't know anything about this new gas. I'm not buying any gas. I refuse. Um, you said this new gas. That's, a, that's hilarious. Yeah, this new, new gas they're talking about for seven, eight, nine, ten dollars a gallon, baby, buy. Because the last time gas went up, uh, you know, to a number that I had not recognized in my lifetime, it was during the recession of 2008. And so gas was $4.50 a gallon. It got to $5. I do remember that. I do remember, remember? that. Remember? And so I had. I instituted gas price distance. That was my new rule. I had a concept called gas price distance. And so if you wanted me to come somewhere, the first thing I went to check to see is if it was in gas price distance, meaning within a one mile radius of my home. If it wasn't in within a mile, I wasn't going, period. I changed churches. My kids went to a new school. 
uh, mm. all of the, you know, Walgreens, CVS, everything was a few blocks away. I didn't go anywhere. That was it. The only place I went outside of gas price distance was the airport to go travel, to go make some money to afford the gas that I could, you know. So um, I just think that we all have to buckle down. So the next myth, so the number one reason for wealth, as far as I'm concerned, is because we don't work together. I know that there are a lot of external things, but as long as you focus on external things that you cannot change, you do not get to leverage the energy to change the internal things. And I'm always going to be an advocate for changing what I can, changing what I can. The serenity prayer, you know, tells us to accept the things we cannot change, change the mm-hmm. things we can and know the mm-hmm. difference between the two. And I cannot right. change systematic racism. I cannot change uh, bias, but what I can do is change me. Take my time, get a plan, work with a team, and then I'm, I, I mean, I don't even understand. If you're buying a house and you're not in the home buyers club, I don't know what to tell you. Because I'm, I'm uh, going to tell you that more than probably 70, 80 percent of, of our people, of, of African American people who go to buy a, get a mortgage, somewhere along that process, you're going to get tripped up and you're probably going to get denied. And you may get denied for a reason that you cannot change, okay? However, if you go in with a plan, you can set up your financial strategy so that it meets the requirements of the mortgage. And the only way for you to do that is to go get a mortgage license or join the Homebuyers Club. So that's my story and I'm sticking to it. The harvest is here and the time is now. It's your season to win. KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. Welcome forward now. This is the Millionaire's Roundtable here on KBLA Talk 1580. And this is Lynn Richardson. And we are creating millionaires one family at a time, one day at a time, one dollar at a time and one dime at a time. And that means you. Now, the first myth that we talked about, like, was interest rates are too high, but interest rates are relative. I'm going to tell you, don't wait till they get higher. Do not let interest rates being high stop you from buying a home. If they go up to 9% and then 10, then what are you going to do? That's the first myth. The next myth like that people are, you know, thinking is that it's cheaper to rent. It's not cheaper to rent. People are um, charging uh, a whole lot of money. Uh, for your rent, people's rent is going up from a thousand dollars to fifteen hundred, or from fifteen hundred to twenty-two hundred. So I want you to understand that you have power. The harvest is here. The time is now. So if you want to reap a harvest, you've got to know when it is harvest season. And I don't want people to get confused <clears throat> and believe that harvest season is over. Now, during the pandemic or during the height of the pandemic, um, lots of people were able to come up uh, for those who were wise enough to invest in the stock market when it crashed uh, right around March 16th of 2020. Uh, these people were able to realize massive returns. I'm talking shares of stock that were had dropped to, you know, $50 a share that went up to $900 a share. Some people were able to really come up. I came up somewhat. I didn't 
get in right at the beginning of the uh, quarantine. I was too focused on the fact that I had to be in a quarantine and didn't know what that meant. <laughs> so I was not focusing on the stock market when I was trying to figure out if everybody was going to live and what was this new plague, this thing that we were all dealing with. But as things began to get normal and I began to understand what this was and that I needed to just stay in the house, that was my you know, solution, um, I, I was able to realize some gains. And so were you like, um, people were buying homes. Um, you know, interest rates were okay. But then there came a time when interest rates got even lower and home ownership became more possible. And so we thought that was the season of the harvest and that it's gone. No, I claim, proclaim, and I am say, saying and stating that the season is still here and we just have to recognize it. Yes, you are absolutely right. The season is now. I don't think, I mean, my point of view, the season never ends. There's always a, mm. a way and a will to, to move forward and find the nuances of the moment that work for you. It, it's, all, it's all according to the strategy, which is what it is that you've been stating all along. And when you have time to plan and when you've got the best minds in the room with you, uh, there's really no way to fail. Yeah, yeah. No, I um, think it's important for us all to buckle down. When the going gets tough, the tough gets going. I think that was even a, a song. And um, it's not a cliche. Um, that truly is what it is. And you are not going to be as great as you were made to be until you overcome the greatest challenge that is before you. And right now, um, yeah, we have been in a bit of a challenge. But guess what? You can win. People are winning. And winning um, requires a strategy. Nobody wins the Olympics without a strategy.